Welcome to the Beyond the Medicine podcast. My name is Dr. Nidhi Bandaru and we're going to talk about all the paths that lead to a better life and health beyond drugs and surgery. The aim is to bring light to the different forms of practices that increase your holistic health and keep illness at bay, including fitness, nutrition, mental health, spirituality, and also life purpose. Today we have an amazing spiritual human with us who gives her insights into mindsets and owning your truth. Shalini Sarina is a mindset coach, an empowerment and an embodiment coach and a yoga and meditation teacher. She's also the founder of Women in Tech and is a global citizen. In her own words, she lives in her truth and shows up in her fullest expression and with that allows herself to be a mirror for others to do the same in their lives. She currently lives in a beautiful riverfront house in South Goa, connected with the world through the power of technology. So please welcome Shalini. Hi. Hi Shalini, how are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm good and thank you so much for agreeing to do this podcast with me. I'm so excited. Of course. <laughs> so, you know, I have to ask you what brought you into this space of mindset coaching? How did it all start? So, my background is quite diverse as is all of us, right? Like we are yeah. multifaceted, multidimensional people at that. And currently, as I'm speaking with you, I am in India. I'm South Goa based. And yes, the primary work, quote unquote, that I do is I hold seat as a, as a mindset coach, as an embodiment coach. And I'm interested in containers of deep transformation, whether that's in a retreat setting or a one-on-one coaching container or a group coaching container. And this is something that has been developed from different elements of my journey. So I grew up in England and I've lived in America for most of my life. And after I graduated university, I started working in advertising at first. I was at a big ad agency in Miami and then I moved to San Francisco and I was working at a few ad tech companies. And then I was producing hackathons, which are coding competitions. This was a San Francisco-based company, but we were literally putting on hackathons all over the world. So you were into coding yourself? No, I've always been in roles that are community development, business development Mm -hmm. types roles. I have literally all the resources at my fingertips to learn how to code. That's just not where my (laughs) skills, it's just not where my skill set is best suited. I'm very much like more of a people person versus being behind a laptop 10 plus hours a day, you know? So for me, I moved to New York. I was craving more diversity and I wanted diversity in terms of people, in, te- in terms of languages I was hearing and also industries that people work in. And so when I was working in New York, I was working at this company called Dev Bootcamp, which is short for Developer Bootcamp. It's a coding school. And there we would help people not only learn how to code, but also I was helping coach our graduates around entering the job market. You know, this is a very competitive city like New York where a lot of these graduates had never said out loud before, oh, I'm a software developer, or, you know, there's just, you know, some imposter syndrome would sometimes come about with, with these folks because, oh, this person has been coding since they were 10. Who am I to put my resume in, in yeah. things, et cetera. And so that's really where the, the technical elements of coaching began for me because I was, my role was business development with Dev Bootcamp. So I was getting our graduates jobs. I was working mm-hmm. with companies that were hiring software developers and, and matching graduates with job opportunities. But I was also very much coaching them through anything that they were processing. And whether that was imposter syndrome and work, working with them and how to best present themselves when they enter the job market. And then I left New York. I went to Bali to do my yoga teacher training. Yeah, what made you um, take such a decision? 
So I, when I was working at Dev Bootcamp, I was making a really nice six-figure salary. I was living by myself. And just for some context, like I've, I put myself through university. I've, I've been quite independent since I've been a teenager. And so for me to, in my mid-20s, look around my life in, in New York and all the little best metrics that I had set for myself when I was a teen, I had hit. And then I just started asking myself those bigger questions of, okay, I, and that whole cliche of if you can do it in New York, you can do it anywhere is, is it's a saying for a reason. Like my confidence was just so strong and yep. I was like, okay, I can, I've lived in really major cities, LA, London, San Francisco, New York. Like I, I'm, I back my skill sets. I know that I'm able to build community consistently online and offline now that I, you know, now that I, I have that knowing, I'm no longer in this survival mode of like, oh, I need to make this so that I can pay for yeah. my car insurance, etc. Like I, I feel in a powerful flow. Now I have the space to really ask myself those deeper questions. Why am I here? How can I more deeply be of service? And so I had a lot of girlfriends from California who when they would come back from Bali. There was just a, a another level type of glow to them. So even though I'd never been yeah. to Bali, I was like, mm -hmm. I want to do my yoga teacher training over there because again, I was living in New York, you know, major city. And I was like, I want to do my yoga teacher training wrapped up in nature. And so I, I quit my job at Dev Bootcamp and they were so understanding, you know, like, because I, I also started Women in Tech while I was at Dev Bootcamp and a lot of my entrepreneurial journey was was unraveling there. So yeah. when I when I shared with them, hey, I'm leaving, they were so understanding, so supportive of my entrepreneurial, you know, next phase that I was stepping into. And I I did my yoga teacher training in Bali and beyond just learning how to cue a class, you also you're also doing a lot of deep inner work yourself. And so my meditation practice began to deepen and just my awareness and, and how I moved through the world in a more mindful way, this all began to expand. And since I was young, I mean, be, beyond the technicality, I mean, your question was, when did this coaching begin? I mean, technically, yeah, I suppose it was with Dev Bootcamp when I was coaching our graduates. And then all of this got enhanced through my the deepening of my yoga and meditation practice. However, even, even when I was quite young, I, I've always been quite sensitive and intuitive and connected to the elements. And when you speak about coaching, essentially mm. coaching is just being incredibly present with somebody, asking very clear questions and holding impeccable space for transformation to unfold. And of course, I have a lot of skills that I have developed over the years nlp mm. i guide meditation so i i do what i call journeying work with a lot of my clients where we where we go back to certain memories or we even do visioning work of what they're calling in and yeah. it's 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 honestly quite difficult to put into words what is done and what of unfolds course. in these coaching containers because it's like it's very much, it's, it's not me. It's, I'm moving out of the way. I'm simply a vessel for whatever languaging resonates with you, for the divine, for the infinite, for spirit to, to work through me. And I'm so grateful to be of service in this way. And yeah, I'm just deeply, deeply, deeply humbled to, to be in service in this way and, and for this path. That's, that sounds really amazing. So basically your giving them a space for transformation and uh, i'm sure it's a very personal and uh, intimate part of anybody's life uh, so what made you come to india after uh, i think uh, you came to india just before the pandemic i'm assuming yes and how has it so been wild. so far and i also know that you don't have any family in india so how was it? Uh, what was the experience like? What made you uh, shift to India? And how yeah. has it been? How has it been treating you? So I'm Indian, 100%. My mother yeah. was born in Singapore. My dad was born in India. And they had an arranged marriage in England. So I grew up oh, speaking wow. English, of course. 
yeah. and speaking Punjabi. And then I learned Hindi through just Bollywood movies, yeah. things like that. And yeah. so, of course, you know, the, the energy of India is in the home and, you know, on my tongue with the languages that I'm speaking. However, I never came to India as a child or as a teenager. And then when I began to deepen my yoga practice and I left New York, so I grew up in England and then I came to America when I was 11 years old. So citizenship wise, I'm an English citizen and an American citizen. And then that's I did, interesting. Yeah. And then I did my yoga teacher training in Bali. And, and when I, when I did that training in 2016, that also started my journey of being quite location independent where my home is within my body, within my breath. It's I'm or the entire I, world. Exactly, exactly. Just opening up that freedom, which is so important to me. And I, again, I'm so grateful for this life that I've carved out for myself. Where literally, wherever I open my laptop, that's my office for the day. You know, yeah. and so as my yoga practice deepened, of course, so much of this wisdom stems from this land, stems from Mama India. And I've been, I've been keen to spend time here for, for many years. And so the first time I came to India was as an adult on my own accord. And then after my yoga teacher training in Bali, what I would do is I, I would spend like two months in Bali, then a month in Thailand, and maybe a few weeks in Singapore. And then wherever, wherever my heart desired, I went to, I went to Myanmar, I did my Vipassana there. And then I would spend maybe a month and a half in India and just travel about where, wherever my intuition was, was drawing me towards. And so that's where my connection with India began. And so then I, I, go I, ahead. Just, I just want to ask you, is, so this wasn't what I planned to ask, but how do you, I mean, I, uh, I have traveled way too much for a person uh, by now than I imagine I would have. Uh, I've, I've traveled continents and... I want to ask you, do you ever get tired of the traveling or do you crave for to call one place home? Because that happened to me. And I I love traveling. I think it really shaped me into the person that I am today and I wouldn't have it otherwise. But I did, I mean, it is kind of, I mean, it's amazing to be able to travel alone to islands, but maybe one person in a hundred I yeah I do feel okay but I'm alone or you know a bit lonely does that happen ah uh, okay so let me answer your question there's like a few questions that I'm hearing from what you're sharing so yeah number one do do I get tired in traveling I mean when you're traveling you're exerting energy and also to like follow up answering the question you had previously in my connection with India. I mean, I am anchored in India now, right? Like I have this Mm -hmm. beautiful Shanti home right on the river. And so just to loop that journey first. So I was in Bali for most of 2019 and I was coming out of a partnership and I had a very clear call within my being of, hey, go to India, go to the motherland. And this was like, in early February 2020, so before pandemic, yeah, things were really rolling in. And I was in Bombay. I have a lot of clients in Bombay, a lot of soul fam over there as well. I was putting on workshops in different spaces. And then when all of this went down and people are heading back to their respective home city or home country, you know, I mean, I've been living nomadically for the past few years. And, uh, you know, my parents are divorced. I had quite an abusive stepmother growing up and there hasn't been like a central nucleus of where family is. Okay. And so I, that's why I've been such a natural community builder. And, and I'm so grateful to be able to attract really powerful and loving soul family into my life, literally wherever I go. So that, that is what brought me to India. And as people were heading home, there was no clear signal for me to like, oh, wow, this pandemic thing is happening. Let me head X, Y, Z. Nothing was coming up. And also mm-hmm. so much magic was yeah. and is unfolding for me as I'm here in this country. So I was like, why be in resistance to this? Like just two months ago, I was, I was featured for the second time in Vogue India. I was guiding yoga and meditation sessions at one of the largest music festivals in India, magnetic Mm -hmm. fields, a smaller festival called Nomads, 
you know, I, I, I'm just in a really beautiful flow here. So I, I decided to stay here and not head back to America or, and, and just I, everything happens for a reason. And the fact that I happen to be on this land during this massive shift that this earth is going through right now, we're anchoring in a whole new age. You know, yeah. I find it no coincidence. I'm here now. And, sure. now. and now to answer your follow-up questions in regards to traveling and getting tired, for sure. I, when, I, when I was describing this location independent lifestyle, I was in my mid-20s. So at that time, I had the energy and I was so excited. And I, would, I was in this space where it's like me going to different spaces allowed me to firstly expand my network very quickly and yeah. also allowed me to to really celebrate the truth that we're all one, whether I was in Spain, whether I was in Bali, whether I was, you know what I'm saying? We're all, yeah. we're all spectrums of the same light. So, so that was then. And now we're meeting in the now where I have a home on the river. I'm very grounded. And right before this, I was living in North Goa. I had a three bedroom home in Asagao, mm -hmm. surrounded by greenery, surrounded by peacocks. And so, you know, I'm not in any rush, obviously, with the times we're in right now, obviously travel is um, not on the cards like it was previously. So, yeah. so yeah, my, my interest in, in zipping around every month or so, that is very much gone. I love being grounded. I love having a home. You know, I, I love having this nourishing space and my home is stunning. It's literally right on the river. I see sunrise yes, on one side, sunset on the other side. <laughs> I have a private garden, like it's special. And then in regards to your follow-up question, in regards to do I get lonely? So I've been by myself since I was 16. I've been taking care of myself fully, emotionally, financially. And again, like I'm really grateful that I attract really, really powerful friendships and community into my field. And also because I'm an active meditation and yoga practitioner, I know the truth that we are never alone. We are so interconnected to everything. Like I feel connected to the sweet butterfly that comes by me during my morning practice. When I look over to the riverbank and I see the fish down there just swimming and doing their thing, I feel connected to them. I feel connected to the breeze. When the breeze comes through and wraps my body, I feel this embrace from the element, from the air element. When I'm honoring the sun, right? When I'm going for a swim, like I feel that connection. I also have an incredibly strong self-love practice, which also goes hand in hand with a self-pleasure practice. And that doesn't necessarily mean orgasm. Self-pleasure can be, you know, I live alone. I've been living alone for many, many years. And we have the gift that is, is this body. And I love to just give myself gentle touch and caress myself and hold myself and in my, in my home in Asagao, I had two bathtubs there. And I would take a lot of really loving baths and <laughs> give myself this sensual time of, of, of connection. And I give myself foot massages before I go to bed every night. And I by no means, like nothing on the external gives me value. I am whole and complete as I be. I am love as I be. That is not you something. have everything you need. Exactly. We have the entire universe within us. So, so that being said, I am human. Do I have days here and there where I'm like, oh, wow, I miss connection with another human. And then I'll just, I'll, I'll feel that. I'll, I'll allow myself to feel that. And maybe I'll do something about it. Maybe, for instance, I'm in South Goa and perhaps I'll head up to North Goa and see you know, four of my amazing friends and just have really warm embraces and, you know, spend time just chilling and, and chatting and <laughs> playing with their dogs or whatever. And sometimes, like, for instance, in the position that we're in at the moment, we're in lockdown mode or, you know, curfew yeah. mode. So, you know, it's, it's self-isolation, etc. So in those moments, it's just, you know, at, even though I know on a grand scale, it's like, I don't like I don't need that physical touch from anything external like I'm whole, you know I have so many amazing friendships that I can have catch-ups with from social media FaceTime etc but sometimes that human touch then I'll give it to myself and I will just close my eyes and go into a meditative space where I am asking spirit to nourish those human parts of myself that are feeling any 
that are feeling any any emptiness, you know, because there is that that's just not true. So I'm really happy to share that that is certainly not a mm. primary sensation that I feel. Mm. And, you know, we very much are always connected. We're connected to the elements. We're connected to the infinite. We're connected to everything and uh, to our higher selves, all of it. So, yeah, it's been a powerful journey. And I, I'm not sure how long I'll be in India. You know, this, there's a lot of there's a lot of magic in this country for sure, and there's a so lot you do of have... that this country is moving through. You know, so yes, so we'll yes. see. So you do have another place that you think is uh, more home to you than where you are right now? No, my love, my home is within my breath and within my <laughs> yes. being, wherever I be on this planet. I'm just saying that I live in a way where I listen to the guidance of my intuition and I could literally live anywhere I've thought about lots of places mm-hmm. you know a lot of my friends are in Mexico and Costa Rica right now and I also speak Spanish because when I first moved from England to America I lived in Miami for 10 years and oh, so I love speaking Spanish so I see myself living in a Spanish-speaking country at some point and then also yeah I mean I have very fond memories of of living in America and particularly I have connection points with California and New York. The last time I lived in New York was in my mid 20s. So now to go there, I'm 31 now. So to go there in my early 30s, far more grounded in who I be and how I serve. I just, you know, I just know it would be a really powerful chapter, but I'm in no I'm in no like you know shift to move anytime soon it's just i again i've created the life a life where i can listen to my intuition and more importantly act on it so as of now i'm good i'm very happy with this home i'll certainly be in this in this shanti riverfront home through monsoon and it's not about oh is home connected to some other yeah. physical place it, home is already here home is always here it's just a matter of is there a different place on the map that is calling me and i and, and perhaps you know it would be somewhere new that i've never even been before i have no idea i'm so open it's all about it's all about the feeling states what is my body asking of me what are the signs that are showing up around me so for right now my body is asking for grounding and i've literally manifested this home i've i've had on my vision board for so many years to have a home where i look out and see a large body of water and it's epic it's epic i wake up and i'm just so pumped to go into my morning practice and and it's a very inspiring space and it super is, nourishing it looks amazing yeah. and so pure especially in the situation that we're in and For uh, sure you must be really really um in a great place right now or oh, mentally i mean and all the songs really really pure and you just uh, seem like a person who's done the internal work and has mastered it has perfected it are completely uh, owning your truth like i can feel the aura so and, i mean perfection yeah. isn't a thing for sure i mean this is consistency can- of the mental that. work for sure i'll take that yeah it certainly is a consistent practice you know and uh thank you for the reflection it's it's certainly been like years of work and i'm so glad to be in this very integrated space and 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 now it's my purpose and my service to be in service to others along their journey you know and it's such a pleasure i'm sure you can do that uh, very uh, very easily thank you and uh, is there something you specialize in yoga or meditation So one thing with me is I will continually develop ways in how I can serve over the course of my life. So my practice, my personal practice is very kundalini inspired and can that, you explain that? Certainly, oh. certainly, certainly. So kundalini works with beyond just the physical it works with the energetic state. So when I went into a kundalini class it was the first time I started ha- hearing people speak about auras and chakras and these kinds of things which my practice is very focused on the spine so kundalini a kundalini traditional practice is a blend of movement mantra and breath work and it works with the 
energy that is dormant at your spine, at your root, and activating this energy so that it goes up your spine and up your crown. And it's a combination of energy moving up your spine, up to the infinite, and then also grounding the energy up from the, from the infinite down into the core of the earth through your being. So I guide meditations, right? And a lot of the, the metaphors that come through when I guide full moon, new moon meditations or, or journeys, etc., cetera, are, are very connected to nature. And, you know, as I'm, as I'm, if, if I'm guiding more asana, physical focus class, uh, again, a lot of the analogies I will refer to are very connected to nature. Imagine yourself as a seed, as a tree, as a flower, you know, these kinds of, these kinds of elements. And my practice is very energetics focused. I, I, I really specialize in taking people to a space where they dissolve from the external. Anything that is worrying them from the external or any attachment, I've done so much deep work for my own journey to unattaching to the external. Again, nothing on the external gives me value or gives me love or give, gives me, you know, validation, you know, and I'm so happy and grateful to be at that point. And I've had many moments where I've had that reflected back to me of like, wow, an old version of me would have been so hyped up about this or an older version of me would have been so gutted about this because blah, 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 blah. And now I'm really in this like just still calm, grounded space. So, so that being said, I also did a sound healing training recently in Oroville. So, you know, I also sing, I chant mantras, I very intuitively sing the sing, uh, play the singing bowls. I would love to learn the gong. I'm getting a drum. So I, I, I'm also studying, since I guide full moon, new moon meditations, I'm also very much a student of astrology and yeah. numerology and the gene keys. And so, so, so this to say that when you, when you ask me what my specialty is, I mean, it's going to consistently evolve over the course of my life. I'm deeply committed to this. This isn't like, oh, I've learned a few tools and now this is my job. I'm a, I'm a life coach and I'm done. No, no, no. This is my dharma. I'm here to be of service and I'm, I'm very much on my ascension journey and I'm pumped to be of service to those who feel a resonance with me. And, you know, I know I've been gifted in this lifetime with my, I have a very clear throat chakra and I know that I feel confident in my communication. I know a lot of people feel resonance with me and, and because I've, I've had, you know, I've had connection with both worlds. Like I've, I understand the material world, right? I've lived in all these major cities. I've quote unquote made it, whatever in those spheres. And, and I'm also like deeply connected and devoted to spirit. And I, and I will be in spaces where I will without any shame, bless my food or, you know, say Wahiguru when something is prompting me to, to share that or, yeah. you, you know what I'm saying? Like just fully, owning, sure. yeah, like, like all of that. So owning your truth. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, my specialty is, is, is really the energetic space. So helping people and, and essentially just holding very present 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 space because that's where the most magic finds us when we're fully in the present moment nice so talking about chakras that really caught my attention yeah i completely believe in them completely believe in the auras and i have been learning about them uh, from a guru recently amazing but uh but what would you what do you suggest uh people should do to activate their chakras right from the root to the crown chakra so chakras essentially are energy channels and we have seven main ones in our bodies however we have literally millions of chakras i mean just if you look at your hand right now and you move your fingers these are all energy centers as well you have many chakras that are also outside of the physical being so even when you look at the ocean, right, and you see the tides roll in, those are chakras as well. It, it simply means energy, uh, energy point. And, okay. and on, on our body, like our, our body is, is such a sophisticated system. 
that there are certain parts where certain energies are, are more dense yes exactly and so the central chakra is our heart chakra we have our, our muladhara our root our sacral our solar plexus our heart our throat our third eye and then the crown chakra and what's a powerful way to activate your chakras is firstly recognizing them and honoring them and you know you can do this through a meditation where you just scan your body you scan starting from the root you know grounding yourself i always like to do the visualization of say whatever part whatever part of your body is touching the earth visualizing that there are roots growing from your your body into the earth really anchoring you into the earth and then as you scan up your body through the through the chakras it's like your body is drinking up these nutrients from these roots hmm. from the soil you know that that is that is mama earth and so visualizing that moving up and then also yeah a physical practice i mean we've been given this vessel is a gift and this is a powerful compass for us your body will tell you far more than your mind will like the wisdom that is in your body is far far more clear and crisp than the blah 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 that is sometimes going on in the mind so yeah. that's why doing a physical practice and I actually have some videos that I've created about this that I'm more than happy to share around. Cuz that's the top question I get on Instagram. <laughs> how do you how do you create a morning practice and I I share my practice on time lapse almost every morning and it's it's Yeah, that's one of my questions later on. <laughs> <laughs> sure. So so with that practice again it's very spinal focused, very hips focused and of course like the whole point is you're activating your channel. And so it's it's lots of spirals so you know you're you're flexing your spine you're you're doing deep twists and and as you're doing this you're like massaging your spine you're making these spirals and you're you're massaging these energy centers and it's a combination of a physical practice but also your attention like your energy and your focus is going to these areas as you're clearing and and as you deepen your practice you just become more sensitive right your awareness expands So sometimes for instance I was traveling for almost a month. I did that sound healing training in Oroville and to get to Oroville you need to fly into Chennai. It's a 3 hour drive from Chennai to Oroville. Okay. Before that I was in Rajasthan, I was in Jaipur, I was in Pushkar. I I guided a full moon ceremony for a retreat in Pushkar and then before that I was in Ranthambore for this music festival so that was quite a bit of travel so when i landed back home i did a lot of root chakra focused meditation and movements because that that in particular my body was wanting to ground after being on the road for several weeks and just you know i was so excited to be back in my home etc so sometimes also if you are keen to activate more connection to your intuition which is housed mainly in your third eye point your pineal yeah. gland this place between your eyebrows So then you can do certain meditations or just focused practices that are connected to that point or you know if you're feeling um just any contraction in the body any fear or worry vibration then get in your heart oh my goodness tap that heart chakra open you know sing get into that space so every day i mean i do a practice like literally every day many times a day i do a practice where i clear my energy system right because again much of the work that i do it's not me like it's my job actually to keep my channel clear so that i can be of service fully 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 and allow spirit to do its work through me you know so i yeah. do that i do that overall energetic work as is and as my sensitivity has grown if there's a certain chakra point which is asking for deeper clearing or just more focus or more activation then then i honor that as well It's such a fun dance though like going into my practice because I never know what's going to unfold and I it's for me I visualize it as like I get on the mat and it's like I am dialing my higher self and that is how I'm connecting with my higher self first thing in the morning is like I'm inviting in spirit and listening to my body in in how do I want to move how what what mantra will come through if any right yeah so it's quite cool So it's a lot of movement, spending time in nature, walking barefoot is yeah. what I really grounding. Heard activates the root chakra, mm-hmm. and uh, 
Yeah, all of this sounds really amazing. Uh, what's the significance of the new moon or full moon meditations that you take? So we can meditate anytime, right? Many of the people yeah. who join the meditations that I guide, they have a consistent practice daily as is. And so the significance of coming together to meditate on new moon, full moon, and really come together in this ceremony space is that it connects us with the cycles of nature and reminds us that we're more than just this human 3D lila that we're moving through. And our ancestors were so much more connected to the rhythms and cycles of nature because they didn't have the internet. So then yeah. TV was looking up at the stars and really witnessing the seasons shift and seeing the phases of the moon and seeing what difference that made in the energetics of their tribe and village and in their harvest, etc. And new moon energy, new moon is when the, the moon is between the sun and the earth. And full moon is when the earth is between the moon and the sun. And full moon, of course, is when you see this large, beautiful orb in the sky. And new moon is also referred to as the dark moon when you don't see the, the, the yeah. shape of the moon in the sky. It's obviously still there. But because the, the, the night sky is darker during new moon, this is a powerful symbolization around setting intentions. Just like when you plant a seed deep into the soil, it's pretty dark down there. So that's what you right. realize, like new moon is all around setting intentions. What does this new moon cycle hold for you? And you also see the stars more brightly during new moon. And it, it typically happens in a space of about, after every new moon in about two and a half weeks, there's a full moon. Yes. And full moon is the energetics of full moon are all around release, letting go. What are you, what are you shedding? Where are you making space? Where could you pivot? And you can also look at it as like a big flashlight. Like there's a big flashlight in the sky that is highlighting your current process. And so it's asking you to really get clear. What is not serving? What can you release? You know, what, what new wisdom has come through and what pivot can you make with that information, if any? So that's what... Yeah, no, I can hear you. Um, so yeah, we meditate every day, but the significance of doing it with full moon and new moon cycles is just simply being connected to nature and, and, and honoring the, the cycles. Are the energies more dense around us in the environment? Uh, so that, uh, on a new moon that we can set intentions and, uh, I mean, it's hard it's hard for people to understand and uh, rather than just follow it but I'm trying to make more sense of it sure so one thing to be aware of is when you say make sense of it are you speaking from the place of the mind to intellectually make sense of something or actually experience it in the beingness you know there's so much more as humans we just want to you know, we have this brilliant mind, which is a gift in so many ways, but there's so much of, of our experience. We ask we limited can't... questions. Yeah, yeah. And so in terms of denseness of the energy, so new moon is actually a really beautiful, quiet time. Whereas full moon, yes, the energy is certainly more dense because there's more activity happening. Like if you mm -hmm. think of full moon, the tides of the oceans are far stronger during full moon. And so if the full moon is having that impact on our oceans and our earth is easy, easily 70 to 80% water, our bodies are also 70 to 80% water. Yes. If the full moon is having that impact on the oceans, you better bet it's having that impact on our bodies as well. And also full moon, the animal kingdom at night, a lot of these nocturnal animals, during full moon, they're able to see much 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 further so the animal kingdom is more active during full moon yeah. so the full moon is having the impact on our oceans on our plant kingdom on our animal kingdom you better bet it's having that impact on us too so full moon is denser energy it's important to to really you know land rest all of that 
um, and just just witness like where is this flashlight where is it pointing clarity for you in your journey uh, a new moon is is quiet it's kind of like you're planting that seed so it's it's very special energy yeah that's certainly much more revel- um, revealing to me uh, I ask these questions not because I I question them but because I want to experience it in my body and I feel that if I if my mind has a better sense or knowledge of it I feel like maybe my body will be more open to experiencing it I don't know it's um yeah I I think it's a journey for sure for sure why don't you come to one of the full moon new moon meditations that I guide I'm guiding one on the 11th for the new moon in Taurus at 7pm. All, right. All right, I'll be there. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> and uh, talking about the pandemic, what we're going through so far uh, currently, yes. and I've read that the lockdown has been a huge blessing for you and a powerful accelerator. Yes. And uh, we very much need that for everybody around yes. us because we're in a collective anxiety, yeah. um, trauma, uh, hurt. I, what do you suggest? Like, what would you suggest people mm-hmm. can do uh, to deal with everything, to have a more calmer mind, to totally. own their truth? Totally. Because they so, need a higher calling uh, through all this. For sure. First and foremost, I'm just going to recognize my privilege in the fact that I am able to live alone on the riverfront, kind of keep myself in this bubble here. And, you know, that just just recognize that I, I'm super grateful for the privilege that I have in in that in that this lockdown, this portal really has been a powerful accelerator for me. And I recognize that that certainly is not the case for many and right now as we're going through this second wave um, globally and in this country in particular it is dense out there for sure and the thing is you know what this has really confirmed to everyone is we don't have control and the thing is we never had control we never had control yes life our journey is about how are we responding to life's inherent uncertainties. So life is just doing its thing. If you look at nature and you see a beautiful oak tree or you see a beautiful rose bush, like it is there standing proudly and with grace just as much when there is sunshine and rainbows, equally when it's also in the midst of a storm. You know, that you don't see a rose bush or a or an yeah. oak tree, like, get anxious and, like, oh, get all tight and, like, twigs break off because they're giving themselves an, an anxiety attack. No, it, in fact, you see this oak tree dancing gracefully in the storm. And sometimes, yeah, a twig breaks off. But guess what? After a few months, it grows new things. Like, it's just part of the process. And I know that we're in the thick of it right now. And, and, and because so much of this is hitting at home so directly can be quite intense to hear that like you know this is just what is happening it's it's important to just honor what is and stay calm and grounded and throughout it and you know we're here we are spirit souls having a human experience so of course there is a lot we are anchoring a whole new age you know like there is a the old system is crumbling right before our eyes this old system of the patriarchy of greed of war of any of that kind of vibration that is not love, unity, and peace, truth, consciousness, which is what we're anchoring more of in this planet right now, any of that is crumbling away. And, and whenever you're dismantling something, there is trauma. Just like when you rip out the weeds from the soil, the soil gets kind of jumbled up. And you have to, you know, there's, it takes time for... For the, for the seedling that you planted once you remove the weeds to really anchor its roots because the soil is getting adjusted. And that's what we're in the midst of right now. We're in the midst of this storm. And so my recommendation is that even during these times, and in fact, especially during these times, it is a non-negotiable for you to have a consistent and loving meditation practice. 
one that that you remind yourself that we are more than this 3D. We are more than what is unfolding here. That we are connected to the infinite. Whatever whatever languaging resonates with you when we refer to you know that yeah. that greater that greater energetic that that is spirit. Yeah, yeah. And so so during these times, it's a matter of developing that consistent practice, really taking care of yourself. And honor, being human, like honoring the emotions that come up, if you feel that sadness, of course, like express that, move it through, feel that anger, feel that frustration. However, choose to not attach to those emotions because emotions, when you break down that word, emotion is energy in motion. So allow that energy to move, allow it to be moved through you. That's it. Release, choose to release. It's not yours. It's an energy that's come up to, to be moved. And after you've moved it through, come back to your heart, come back to love, come back to gratitude, choose joy, choose pleasure. Even in these dense times, what's your favorite song that you haven't listened to in a while? Play it and really sing and dance and take up space. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like Detachment, do, but also attachment. It's like, no, actually, we don't want to attach at all. It's like being of this world, experiencing this world, and at the same time, taking radical responsibility for the energy in which you are emitting out. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you being full of joy is a, is a blessing for yourself, obviously, because your own system is feeling these good energies. And then also you choosing to vibrate in that way is such a gift to the collective. It ripples over to your family and your communities and everything, to the whole, to the animals that are in your vicinity, everything. It spreads around like the aura. Mm -hmm. Big time. Uh, yeah, I think this is very much uh, what people should really, really understand and focus on because we all need a higher calling uh, to really go through everything that we are right now. And uh, yeah, do you ever have days when you feel like uh whatever whatever work that you've done has uh, is not showing the result that day or or when you feel like something is not going right as it uh, which was the result of your of your work literally never obviously in the past yes but as of like now the point that I'm at I have I'm in such a deep wow. like vibration of trust of the universe you know what I'm saying? Like, even if I, if I say there's an opportunity and I apply for it or whatever, or I audition for something, whatever, who knows? Hmm. Or, and if it happens, I'm thrilled, right? If it doesn't happen, I'm also thrilled. Because it's like, if this didn't land, okay, it's, this has given me more space so that I can focus on this thing. Like, I, I trust the universe fully. I've had the universe show up for me consistently and powerfully so many times so why would I doubt it everything yeah. is a matter of perception and interpretation so if I choose to to interpret something as this like doom and gloom of like oh no this has <laughs> happened and I've and it's just not the case because I also wake up and what's the first thing I do I like go into my practice and so much of that is gratitude I actively live a life where I am so grateful for the gift that is this is this life and then all the other intricate elements that I'm grateful for that I actively weave into my day as well. So, yeah, yeah I certainly... Has it always been like this? Or was it, was it that you've had these once in a while earlier when you were just starting out? Had um, what? Uh, had, had days where you just have a bad day. Yeah, of course. Of course, of course. And so, but you had asked earlier if I would like... Uh, if I had doubted, like, oh, the, all this work that I've done is not, is that what you're asking? Or, uh, or yeah, that's because, different from a bad day? Like, what do you mean? Uh, because I feel like uh, even, I mean, I, I've been meditating every day since a while now. And yeah. uh, it's always a journey. I'm, I'm nowhere near, near uh, where I want to be. But I do have days when I feel like, oh, is it actually working? Or, right. Or so just... What uh, I just have a really bad day and I question, okay, what about all the meditation or work that I put right. into my mind? 
So my love, I would recommend just deeper layers of trust around that. And also unattachment on the results and actually just enjoying the process. Like sometimes I've had meditations where, oh my goodness, I mean, I shoot off into outer space and I've entered this like white light orb and sometimes visions come through and like poetry comes through and all of that. And sometimes I'm simply just with my breath. I'm simply just hearing the birds and the, the, the beauty of just being fully here in the present. That is the gift in and of itself. I'm not out here like, I've had some people actually message me recently where they're like, oh my gosh, I had this one sensation when I did this meditation and I just want to get there again and I just want to reach that more consistently. Yeah. And it's like, yo, like, don't be so attached to what this should feel like or what you, this external goal that you're trying, like it is a, like the process itself is a gift, you know? And it's, it, again, it's not to say that we're not human. Like, so when you said, do I have bad days? I mean, I've had days where I cry, but I wouldn't refer to that as a bad day at all. Yeah. Like I was just, in fact, I have a video on my Instagram that is like very highly shared and viewed, which like I was not expecting, but it also just shows that people are so ready for more vulnerable, real shares. And yeah. essentially in that video, I had just cried for like 15, 20 minutes. And it wasn't for anything in particular that I was processing. This was last year, you know, as this pandemic started. And at the time, a lot of Black Lives Matter things unfolding in, yeah. in America. And so I was just feeling this like collective pain. Emotions. Really. Yeah, yeah. And so what I was sharing in that video is like, hey, it's okay to cry we have tear ducts for a reason. And we also have the ability to feel anger for a reason. It's like, this is emotion just moving through. So I would not describe, if I had a day where, you know, I was just feeling human emotions, I was feeling frustration, whatever, but then I moved them through and a key thing, right? I'm not attached to those emotions. And at the end of the day, I always choose to come back to love and gratitude and heart and peace. So I wouldn't, I literally would not describe that as a bad day. Yeah. Like, you know, like it just, it just is a day like in life. Right, and, yeah. and, and so just doing the work to not attach to so many external elements of like, oh, my meditation should have done this for me or this should be happening by now. No, you're exactly where you're meant to be. And life is a gift. And remember that. And the more you choose to see that gift, the more blessings continue to unfold in your field. Yeah. Yeah. So it's more about the not the being attached and also the journey yeah nice uh so talking about mindset and empowerment how how does one own their truth and live without fear mm. i mean maybe at least or uh, live with fear <laughs> that would be better i mean embrace the emotion of fear yeah i mean you know, yesterday I had a snake come into the house, literally yes, in the I house, saw that. and I was not afraid one bit, not at all. I just, I literally, I heard it hissing, you know, and it was on my right side, and I just looked over and I saw it, and I was more awestruck than anything. And so even with this element of fear, like fear is the direct opposite of love. So, like... I'm really not a fearful person. I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go out on a limb and be like, oh, I don't experience fear whatsoever. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Again, I'm yeah. human. And like, you know, like for instance, I choose not to watch scary films. Why would I do that? I live alone. I'm not interested in that. Like, yeah. no. In fact, the thing, if, if there's anything I'm going to watch, I love to watch documentaries. I love to learn things. And I love actually that there's so many incredible documentaries out these days, which are talking about, our earth. I mean, I watched Sea Spiracy yes. lately, which just blew my mind. And I'm so glad that so many other people are learning about our oceans and how we can be more mindful to our planet, our mother earth, you know. Um, but in terms of what was your question around, around this fear element? Could you just uh, forget? So would you, uh, so you say you do not think fear is uh, something we should be okay with uh, i mean we should uh always strive to let go of fear in our lives yeah we don't need to be in this fearful state because 
the look the the highest frequency is love and the other vibrations that like stem from love are peace truth yeah. you know compassion etc then you have a very low vibration of fear and that stems out into worry jealousy deceit you know yeah. these kinds of things so you don't have to you don't have to vibrate fear like it's it's just not necessary and the way you do that is getting into your heart more and seeing where you can be more grateful and and feel the that gratitude and when you see the blessing that is is life it's like why would you fear we're so much more than this 3D i don't yeah. fear death either like there's just i don't fear much actually you know and yesterday the fact that snake that snake came in and i was so chill <laughs> and that's a testimony so many, it's such a testament really like of the integration of where i'm at i'm so grateful i certainly saw that whole experience as such a blessing and i got lots of comments on my instagram of like wow i'm so impressed with how calm you were i would have been freaking out da, da, da. it's like why would i be afraid this snake firstly that snake was so obviously trying to get out of the house it was like circling around the window trying to find an open thing and also it was non poisonous it didn't have a hood like it was a harmless little rat snake and so if anything he's my friend he's keeping rats out of the out of the place great <laughs> so so i knew that this snake was simply just trying to get out and so i just gave it its space i was calm and everything is energy and so because i was calm you know he or she was also calm and found the, their way out you know sooner yeah. rather than later yeah um so in terms of i oh i remember what you had asked it was um in terms of finding one's truth So it's giving yourself the space to listen to what lights you up. Like what is your truth when you let go of of any external pressures, not like oh mummy and daddy want me to be this or like oh my society won't accept me if I don't do this. It's like when you really slow down and, and unattach from from any validation or n- anything coming from the external to to give give you that boost of who you be when you yeah. tap into your own heart center and you're like what lights me up what is it that brings me joy how do i want to fill my days how am i here to be of service when you start asking yourself these deeper questions and and really asking from a place of sincerity you know sincerely being of service continuously doing your meditations and and allowing that sensitivity of listening to your intuition to come through more deeply these kinds of elements of what is your truth will will come through naturally it will it will just be clear because yeah. it's, again it's not like an intellectual thing it is it is it is something that your body just knows just like my body knew hey spend time in india now hey you know launch as a as a coach hey like move to this place hey learn this study astrology more whatever it is i can't just... really, i can't really explain it intellectually it was an inner knowing yeah. understanding what sets your soul on fire yeah and and with with regards to fear what i meant more is that we we always like to do uh, new things set new goals achieve uh, things which we haven't before and uh, if it's something that we haven't before like a new uh, new goal or a further uh, thing that a little bit scares us because we we tend to have ambition in life so sure. how do you deal with fear of um uh of a new thing or like fear of the unknown i mean sure, what sure. i believe is uh if if your goal or or your ambition doesn't excite you and also scare totally. you at the same time totally like is it really that big or like the that that much worth to you sure sure i understand i understand yeah. totally now i've done a lot of work my practice is very chakra focused and because i hold space as a mindset coach and i do journeying work and i guide meditations i've done a lot of focus work around the throat chakra and being yeah. really clear on the languaging that we're using so while i completely understand what you're sharing i wouldn't deem it as fears i would deem it as discomfort and getting sure. comfortable being uncomfortable like as you expand more yeah. right like like put as you lean pushing your comfort edge, zone yeah as you lean up against those edges like okay where is my edge here i'm keen to expand more and this means that i'm 
I'm not I'm not comfortable with this. It may make me feel a little um, a little nervous, a little, you know, a little anxious, but I, I would not deem it as fear because that, that element is just, it's, it can be sometimes like debilitating, which is just not, you know, that vibration is, is just not welcome in my sphere. So, so I get what you're saying. And, and of course we're human, right? Like I, I, again, I don't fear death. I don't fear much. Um, but I have I have moments where those kinds of sensations come up, but I wouldn't even use the languaging of calling them fear. Yeah. I would just say like you know, but but I get what you're saying in terms of when you are growing and expanding and having ambition. The, yeah, it is important that you are always expanding in a way where you are you are leaning into deeper layers of getting comfortable with getting with being in your. Um, getting comfortable of, with discomfort yeah. rather than calling it comfortable with having fear yeah exactly nice yeah. uh, so one last question sure. how do you think we can apply mindfulness in the digital space that we live in today as in we uh, our entire day consists of uh, some form of technology right yes. from our phone to yes. the laptop netflix the content we can consume every day yeah it it's like it's like our entire lives are being shifted into this whole virtual totally. space yeah so how do you apply mindfulness in that space so with, yeah with re- go ahead with regards to how you um, how you interact with it, engage with yeah, it. Totally. So everything stems from your intention. You know, technology, yeah, it can be a distraction and it can be such a powerful tool. Oh my goodness. It's helped <laughs> me stay in touch with people that I really care about and love who are oceans away from me. And just with, I love voice notes, you know, I'm able to that person in their own time zone, in their own time can hear the frequency of my voice and you're kind of teleported into the same space. So right now, given these times that many of us are in lockdown mode and yes, screen time is certainly going up versus, you know, time that you would be spending doing other things, exploring, um, exploring externally. Now we're on our screens very much so. So it's a matter of just being clear of, of your intention as you pick up a device. So being clear, if you're going to open Instagram, is it to post something? If you're going to scroll, really putting a timer and actually putting a timer and saying, I'm going to be on here for five minutes just to get a gauge of what are my friends up to? Da, 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 what I want to yeah. see something to be inspired. And then, and then closing it out instead of just opening it. And then all of a sudden, 20 minutes go by and it's like, oh my gosh, I've just been on Instagram. What is going on? Right. And so so doing things with with intention and also, yeah, being clear on like how what what are you watching? What do you what are you filling your mind with? How? So, for instance, as I was chopping vegetables earlier, I'm making a sabji and I was was watching I was actually watching a, a Sadhguru video about the significance of snakes. There's many videos where he has he's just chilling with a snake on his hands. I'm like, oh, he does. Yeah. So I was really curious to know, like, you know, his thought and it's true, like snakes come up a lot in mysticism in all different types of cultures. So I I was listening to that. I had that on while I was chopping the veggies, you know. And so I, yeah. I tend if I'm consuming media, I am keen for it to be media that nourishes me. Like I'm just, yeah. you know, I'm not I'm not there's nature entertains me as is. I don't really need like there's a lot of pop culture references that I don't really get. And now, you know, because I just, I, yeah, that, so, so it's a matter of the intention in which you are picking up this device. Also, given the times, there's a lot of fake news, there's a lot of fear-based posts that are being shared of like, oh, yeah. no, this is happening. So like, I've, I've personally, you know, and I'm also, you know, I, I'm not following that many people. I'm co- following close to like 500 accounts or something. So yeah. I did a huge purge recently where I'm just like, I'm yeah, I'm being very mindful of where my energy is going online, offline, all of it. So, yeah. so the advice of these times, and this goes to all times in general, is just like, what, what, what is your intention as you pick up the phone, as you have this conversation with this person? And just being really clear with that, setting boundaries 
and um, being really really selective on what kind of content you consume exactly and doing that purging and i mean if it's just not something you want to see every day better yeah not follow that or just shut it out or yeah exactly. i think i think just like how we do not uh, let anybody just enter our home it's exactly. the same thing uh, with our space because it it's i think it takes up more of our day and Sacred interaction space. yeah then um, because it goes directly into our um, vision and head mm. and even if you don't actually read something but the fact that you just have to deal with it it enters your consciousness no doubt exactly sure. yeah awesome so i uh, it's been really really insightful amazing <laughs> with everything that you spoke i it was so interesting and i cannot tell you how excited i am like i want to get a coaching session with you myself no um uh, thank you so much for of everything course. that you've contributed and um, i really hope this helps uh, more and more people out there uh, yeah and i wish you the best of everything that your um life has been about so sweet thank you love thank you for having me and yeah feel free to continue to stay in touch and let me know how i can be of service Yes, thank you so much. Have a good day, love. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye.